0: One can use a brain wallet. Refugees need to carry nothing with them. All they would need to do is remember a Bitcoin wallet passphrase. Funds potentially millions of US dollars can therefore be effectively stored inside of one's mind. The best in Bitcoin made audible. I am Guy Swan and this is Bitcoin Audible. What is up, crew? Welcome back to Bitcoin Audible. I am Guy Swan, the guy who has read more about Bitcoin than anybody else you know. A huge shout-out to today's sponsor for the show, Hexa Wallet. Um, a lot of improvements in the recent updates for the wallet. I um, have really been enjoying it. I uh, have uh, been using it a lot more recently, actually. I've got like 20 wallets on my phone, and I have found myself increasingly going to Hexa uh, Uh, lately particularly again with the batching the batching is hard to beat um i don't i don't have another wallet that does it yet i'm i'm really about to just start dming everybody on twitter and be like wtf guys like where's your batching um so uh uh, thank you to hexa wallet uh don't forget to check them out at hexawallet.io great mobile wallet non-custodial um seedless backup and i'm always happy to answer any questions or be your contact just shoot me a, tw- a DM on Twitter. All right. We've got a great article today. This one's a little bit, it's about a month old or so now. I um, mean, this is from BitMEX Research. And this is about, uh, this is kind of about, I guess you'd say it's about the entropy and security of certain types of wallets. We—it's a, It's a report that digs into the security of brain wallets. And this is just really great work and just goes to show how unbelievable BitMEX, like what a wonderful uh, resource they are for their research arm of, uh, of BitMEX. They, they literally have some of the best stuff. If you're not keeping up with that, um, them and OpTech, Bitcoin OpTech, are probably the two um, most information dense uh, kind of technical blogs uh, out there to uh, be following. So check them out. I will have the link in the show notes. But right now we're going to go ahead and get into this piece and it is titled Call Me Ishmael. Abstract This report examines the concept of brain wallets and in which context they may be useful. As an experiment, eight Bitcoin private keys were created using passphrases from popular works of fiction and other media. All the funds were swept away in a short amount of time And in one case, remarkably, the funds were taken in around 0.67 seconds. The report concludes by arguing that brain wallets may not be a safe way to store coins, certainly not by using popular phrases in published works. Overview Unfortunately, humanity is often plagued by refugee crises. From World War II to more relatively recent conflicts in regions such as Syria, Yugoslavia, or Afghanistan. In these scenarios, families often need to quickly flee a region to reach safety, leaving behind their belongings. Like many readers of this report, I personally know this all too well. Just two generations ago, my Jewish relatives resided in Nazi Germany prior to the outbreak of World War II, and they fled the country to seek refuge in the UK. My relatives had substantial wealth at the time, However, it could not be transported effectively, and when they arrived in the UK, they had nothing to their names. With the benefit of hindsight, leaving their wealth behind in Germany was not a significant problem, and my family is lucky to have survived. Of course, one could try to carry gold or diamonds on your journey, but there is always the risk of search and seizure, especially when crossing a hostile border. This is when Bitcoin advocates step into the argument claiming that Bitcoin is a potential solution to this problem facing refugees and others afraid of wealth confiscation. One can use a brain wallet. Refugees need to carry nothing with them. All they would need to do is remember a Bitcoin wallet passphrase. Funds, potentially millions of US dollars, can therefore be effectively stored inside of one's head. A brain wallet user could choose a popular phrase, Take the SHA-256 hash of it, and then use that as the private key to generate a Bitcoin address. In this short report, as an experiment, I generated some brain wallets and examined their security characteristics. Brain Wallet Experiment The below table displays eight brain wallets I generated from popular works of fiction, musical lyrics, or academic literature. None of the wallets have been used before in Bitcoin's history as I generated eight new unused addresses. In one transaction, I then sent .005 Bitcoin to each address. I'm interested in assessing the viability of brain wallets and whether and how quickly the funds may be swept away by hackers able to guess the passphrase I chose. From Moby Dick by Herman Melville, Call Me Ishmael. Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen, It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. A Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickinson It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom, it was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief, it was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light, it was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope, it was the winter of despair. The King James Version of the Bible In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Blowing in the Wind by Bob Dylan The answer, my friend, is Blowing in the Wind. The Bitcoin White Paper by Satoshi Nakamoto The network is robust in its unstructured simplicity. Sweeping of the funds All the funds were swept away within a day, and the 0.04 Bitcoin I spent on this exercise were lost, potentially forever. Remarkably, three of the deposits were swept away before our transaction even got confirmed into the blockchain. In one case, an independently run Bitcoin node witnessed the transaction sweeping away funds occur just 0.67 seconds after it saw the original transaction enter its memory pool. This extremely fast sweep applied to the address with the passphrase, Call Me Ishmael, the opening line from the novel Moby Dick. The table below shows how fast the remaining funds were swept away. Four of the sweeps occurred after 22 blocks, and all these sweeps appear to have been conducted by the same entity, as all four UTXOs were used as inputs in the same transaction. The final sweep, which contained text from the Bitcoin white paper, took 80 blocks. Transaction Fees The sweep transactions tended to have very high fees. For instance, the uncompressed Kami Ishmael sweep used a fee rate of 390 Satoshis per virtual byte, several orders of magnitude above the prevailing market rate. This indicates that the hacker is in a race with other hackers, or perhaps the legitimate coin owner to get their transaction confirmed in the blockchain first. Indeed, this is a scenario where at least two entities know the private key, and a higher transaction fee can increase the probability of a successful transaction. Implications of the Analysis The speed and nature of the redemption of the funds clearly indicates that people have servers up online 24-7 scanning the blockchain and their respective memory pools for weak brain wallets to hack. These servers are likely to have pre-generated many hundreds of thousands of Bitcoin addresses, using text from thousands of published works, music, books, academic papers, magazines, blogs, tweets, and other media, and then stored these in a database. Around a year ago, I conducted a similar experiment, where funds were sent to addresses generated by a reasonably obvious pattern deep inside some of the world's best-selling novels these funds are still sitting in the blockchain today and have not been stolen. The key difference appears to be that these passphrases were not directly generated from unmodified text in the books. Therefore, the funds sit there unredeemed and the hackers have not yet found the passphrases. However, one should absolutely not consider this a safe way of storing funds. As for where the eight outputs stolen from me ended up, At the time of writing, six went to new unused addresses and the coins have not been spent, while one went to a used address and the coins have also not been spent. Only one of the outputs has been spent, the coins sent to The network is robust in its unstructured simplicity address. Based on our very basic analysis, which could be incorrect, these coins appear to have been sent to hit BTC. Conclusion A basic conclusion here is simple. Do not use a brain wallet from published materials. They are not safe. In a real-world scenario, if someone, including a refugee, has access to Bitcoin, they probably also have access to the internet, and therefore a more secure way of storing coins could be to email yourself an encrypted backup of your private key. Then the funds are stored online, and you are not at risk of being searched. The encryption passphrase here will not instantly be subject to the attack with the large database of materials. However, this could be a risk in the longer term if the email is compromised. The above being said, if one knows what they are doing and has a strong understanding of the risks involved and how the attackers operate, it may be safe to use a brain wallet to a limited extent. For instance, by combining sections of text from multiple works of fiction with birthdays in your family, your telephone number, and at least one source of randomness, for example, dice. Please do not treat this example as advice, but the point is by combining many different categories of information, a secure brain wallet may be possible. However, if you need to use a brain wallet based on the data on this report, don't choose anything simple or poetic. I found out the hard way. All right, and that closes out. Call me Ishmael, um, and this is really just kind of a uh, a test case, or uh, just a great example of the importance and limitations of randomness. The security of your keys are explicitly in their inability to be guessed. So, and and you can do simple math on exactly how. Uh, exactly how much entropy you have in your brain wallet if you are using that, um, uh, like the example he gave at the end, which again I also would not consider advice, but of using it from using a piece of information from many different areas, like telephone number, birthdays, um, uh, maybe some favorite quote from a work of fiction, uh, uh, some other source of just complete randomness, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But if you combine five, six of these, well, you can know the degree of having to guess. Like, you can know your entropy. Like, you can just do the math. But even that list is really pretty limited. You know, this is, like, known information, and I would not do it. If you were doing a brain wallet, quote-unquote, I would literally have... Like, like in my opinion, uh, not only is it far safer, like, from an entropy perspective... But it's not even that hard to remember 12 words or 24 words. You know, you do that every day for a month. If we're talking about like you're trying to escape Nazi Germany and you want to carry this in your head, like anybody can memorize 24 words. Like you turn it into a little tune or some, you know, crap like that. There's a thousand different little memory tricks to do that. But honest to God, just just sheer repetition and anybody with a brain will have it in 30 days but that's all kind of beside the point, particularly if you're using like something like multi-sig or whatever, you, you have to do that, what, three times out of five or something like that. And, you know, I highly encourage multi-sig just in general. Um, but uh, kind of this really just kind of defeats the purpose in the sense that um, or, or kind of begs the question is that is there an easier way? Like it's it it, it is just information. So, you know, if you have a, you know, Proton Mail email account where you can create uh, uh, an encrypted note, or you have uh, you know some uh, some sort of just online storage, or you have uh, uh, the there's also the hiding keys. What's it What's it called? Steganography or something like that. Like um, how to how to hide something like a piece of data or a file within like. Uh, an image or a little video clip or something like that, and as long as you know exactly the method by which you implemented or you put it in there, um, well, you could just post this on you know publicly somewhere, and uh, like have an encrypted version of your private key there, and you just know you decrypt it, you get the information off of it, and you decrypt it with some you know generic password or something like that. There's a thousand alternative ways to do it other than doing something as dangerous. As trying to create your own brain wallet, um, just just having a human pick numbers that they think are random are so not random, and just obliterate the potential entropy that you have. Like I just wouldn't do it. Like humans aren't good at creating at picking random words. They're not good at picking random uh, uh, random numbers. Uh, literally, you need some computerized or physical form of randomness included. And again, I suggest just letting, let the Bitcoin software, let the software that you know and trust generate it and then find a way to hide your seed. Um, uh, Because there's a billion different ways to do this. I mean, it is information. There's all sorts of clever ways that you can utilize this. Just don't do this. Don't do a brain wallet. Um, I've heard uh, people who've lost hundreds of Bitcoin uh, particularly early on before we really knew the implications of brain wallets and just how dangerous they could be. Um, there was even a website where a lot of people were sending tons of Bitcoin to where you generated a brain wallet on the website and the website was just scamming people. It was just taking people's money. Like they were obviously just keeping a backup of it. Like, like you were communicating with them. It was on a website. Like that's a terrible freaking idea. But um, but there are like every... Uh, unsafe key or every uh, obvious key uh, generated on the Bitcoin network is being watched. This has been the case since like 2013. So this is not new. Um, this is just kind of a new and more explicit report on exactly where we are in that, um, uh, in that subset of uh, uh, you know, security concerns as far as it goes to generating Bitcoin keys. Uh, but I think the real takeaway here is don't do it yourself. Just don't generate your own keys through a manual process. Uh, let the the core client or let like you know trusted software that you know, you know open source, generate your keys and then you can do all the clever stuff and the uh, you know memorize the seed or post it online somewhere, hide it in a, uh, a image. Um, um, you know, encoded into a piece of audio or you know whatever the hell it is. Is again, it's just information. Be clever. You know, have fun. It's really cool and like it makes for great like a uh, a uh, uh, heist stories. Um, so, so there's a uh, there's basically an endless amount of possibility. Don't start at the entropy side. Let the entropy entropy be taken care of by the real software, and then and then secure it afterward. Do it. Do it after the fact. Um. That's, that's my, uh, that's my suggestion and get creative and don't tell anybody about it, you know, uh, except for the people that you know and love and that need to be able to get your keys when the day comes and maybe you're not there to, uh, give it to them. And, you know, I think this is actually kind of particularly like in the context of multisig and stuff with the huge billion dollar confiscation by, uh, uh the government from Silk Road Bitcoin. This is a perfect example of showing you know what happens when you do keep it behind a single key when you don't keep it safe um and when you don't protect it. again, like we're going into a bull market. I've said this many times on multiple different shows now, and it can it it bears repeating, protect yourself now while it's easy, while it's not as stressful, while it's a small amount of money, or at least smaller than it could be. Um, and potentially will be as we get to the end of 2021 now. I think this next year and some change is going to be crazy. Um, So make sure you prepare. Now is the time to do it, so do it. Take a minute, learn, and don't create a manual brain wallet. (laughs) Um, Huge thank you to BitMEX Research for doing this. That is freaking crazy, 0.67 seconds. And that sucker was swept empty of Bitcoin. That's pretty phenomenal, um, but uh, not wholly unexpected. Just, just pretty crazy to see how potent uh, the these computers are. Like you know, everybody's looking for those cheap Bitcoins. Everybody's opening the really easy to open keys, uh, and there is no telling how much of this stuff has already been generated and is just sitting and waiting for you to accidentally send Bitcoin to it. So with that, a great way that you can uh, generate some keys that uh, will not have this problem is by getting yourself the Hexa wallet on your smartphone. It is non-custodial, and it is actually seedless. It is uh, broken up with Shamir secret sharing so that you can uh, have pieces of it uh, kept with contacts, pieces of it kept on an iCloud backup, or, uh, uh, you know, uh, Dropbox or Google, uh, Google Drive or whatever it is, and you're not susceptible to any single location. Um, it's, a, it's a three of five. And then, of course, you can offload it onto one of your other devices. Um, so it's a really great way, um, just in the context of this problem, to have your keys secured against a lot of potential problems and to have it safe if you need to cross a border somewhere. So something to consider. And Hexa Wallet uh, has built a really cool set of tools and a really awesome mobile app for everybody who wants to hold their own keys. They are our sponsor. So a a huge thank you to those guys for both uh, building such a great wallet and for sponsoring Bitcoin Audible, making the best works and research and exploration in Bitcoin audible for all of you guys. So that'll close out the week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to support the show and join the anointed of Satoshi's Audio Knots in our private Telegram crew, it is a great place to hang out. Uh, my patrons are the most entertaining people on the planet, uh, hands down. Uh, <laughs> and we are the Audio Knots. And it's also a great place to ask questions. Um, you know, we got a really great group. And I know a lot of people are still learning and there's so much to get across. Um, uh, So it's a really good little community to lean on. We've uh, sorted out something. everybody's experimenting with so many of their own nodes and different software. Um, I use it regularly to ask people about stuff, particularly about software that I have not yet gotten to play with. Um, It's a really, really great resource. And if you wanna be a patron, it's only a buck a month. I mean, obviously you can donate however much you want, Um, But uh, uh, all I do is limit it to supporters of the show. So I know everybody's got skin in the game here. But um, of course, if you cannot do that, um, obviously money is tight. It's crazy times. Uh, The one thing you can always do to support Bitcoin Audible and support my work is share it out. Share it out with everybody you know in the Bitcoin and crypto space so that they too can learn about monetary history learn about the cypherpunks, learn about the core fundamentals and the real value and assurances that this system provides and what it's going to look like in the future and how we get there. That is what we are doing here at Bitcoin Audible. I am Guy Swan. I love you all. And until next time, take it easy, guys. This is Bitcoin Audible, a 111 production on the Crypto Economy Network.